Hello and welcome to Take Cover Seattle Storm podcast, your source for game analysis and news with your host, Andrew McDonald. Take cover! It's the Seattle Storm podcast with your host, that's me, Andrew McDonald. And this time we're coming at you with another interview with Brenton Potts, Seattle Storm writer for The Lead. And this time we talk about the game versus the Sparks and versus the Aces. We also get into talk about the WNBA scoring record and Jewel Lloyd going to be breaking it in the next few games. Hopefully the next one versus the Dream. And then we talk about Paige Beckers and Cameron Brink for a little bit to see exactly what they would be like in the Seattle Storm system. So let's get into it with a discussion with Brandon. So we've got two games then. First we've got the Sparks and then we've got Aces. So first of all, Sparks, we've got Storm win 72, Sparks 61. Dominant win for the Storm. Really surprising, really, considering how we've played throughout the season. Storm takes the lead in the first. Sparks couldn't catch up to that lead, which is normally the story for the Storm. Normally it's the other team taking the lead and we can't catch up. But this time it's the actual Storm taking the lead this time, which is nice. So then we've got quite a great performance out of Jewel. 25 points, 7 rebounds, 7 assists, 1 steal, 1 block. Sammy at 14 points, 3 rebounds, 3 assists, 3 steals. Jordan getting quite close there, double-double at 9 points, 8 rebounds, 1 assist, 2 steals, 1 block. Kia Nurse with a great game, nine points, four rebounds, one steal. And it was a quiet night for Ezzy overall for that game. Six points, eight rebounds, two assists, two blocks. So two whopping blocks as well. Queen of the block party, Ezzy doing her thing still. Despite her having a a, a quiet offensive game uh, up to the standards that we have for her, she's still herself defensively, um, which is just great to see. Jewel Lloyd, uh, I mean, what can you say about her? She's amazing. She's, I believe she's on pace to break the all-time, uh, the all-time scoring record in a season, um, which is held by Diana Taurasi. Actually, Asia Wilson and Brianna Stewart are on that, uh, same pace too. So it'll be interesting to see if they, I don't think they're going to catch up to Jewel, but I think, um, they have a decent chance to finish one, two, and three in that, in that order. Um, so it'll be, uh, it'll be interesting to see, uh, how that, how that goes, but, um, no, great, great win by the storm. They, um, I feel like they really, they really needed this one. Um, and I feel like, um, LA, LA is a bottom tier team and there. Um, we talked about it last, last episode that, um, they have a goal of making the playoffs and they're focused on that goal while the playoffs are not in the cards for us anymore. So at this point of, of the season, we're kind of playing spoiler for um for the other teams that are on our schedule that are either trying to get the right the right seed or um or trying to make the playoff picture. So I feel like this was kind of uh, one of those games, and it's good to see uh, the storm kind of, um, like you said uh, last episode, you didn't think they were gonna tank, and um, 
they were still gonna try they were still gonna try and uh use their best lineup to accomplish a goal, which is a win. So it's nice to actually see that. Yeah, I mean, what was so great about this game is I was proven right, right? I was proven right. It was like I said they weren't going to tank, and then I was just proven right throughout the great performance that they gave versus the Spark. So, na-na-na-na-na-na, ha-ha-ha-ha. I get to have a moment there as well. So, yeah, it's mean, it was just overall just great team win. And it is so surprising as well, because we're always on the other foot. We're always on the other end of it, basically, because we're the one that set the lead. We're the one that kept that dominant lead, and then the Sparks just couldn't catch up. So it's just like giving the Sparks a taste of what it's like to ultimately be the Storm for throughout their season, and it's just such a great win overall for us. Yeah, it's a great it's a great win for us for sure. Um, I'd also uh, give it to the Sparks um, that they've been dealing with injuries this season. It's been an injury riddled season, I think. Um, them and the Mystics have been the tops of the league in terms of the amount of injuries they've had. Uh, it's funny, Seattle was like towards the top of the uh, the league last year, and now this year we don't have an injury or uh, have injuries as excuses anymore. But um, yeah, you look at the injury report. We got uh, Katie Lou Samuelson been been out, but that's because she had a had a child. Um, Lexi Brown's been the been the big one with uh with an illness all uh basically all season. She's been really mostly out but um but some sometimes uh in. And then um you got Lasia Clarendon also, um, who's been out. So um lot for LA, lots of opportunity for for everyone to to step up kind of. I mean uh, Zaya Cook's getting a lot of minutes in her first year. Uh, Avina Westbrook is kind of like their hardship player who uh, got a few minutes off the bench. But they're they're really shorthanded with uh, with the amount of key players to to help them. It's been a real that was a really um big negative for them. This loss. Yeah, overall, I mean, do you really just think that was the big thing out of the Sparks? Because that's really one of the things you could say about the Sparks is they surely have, should have been more competitive than what they should have been playing this game, right? Yeah, I think so. And I mean, I'm looking at their looking at their box score. We see um, Neka Agumake only have 11 points. Carly uh, Carly Samuelson, Katie Lou's sister, uh, only had 10. Um, or she had ten points. She really stepped up this year. She got um, she I remember at the beginning of the season when she got um, she got added to the train. She was with them all training camp, and then the the day before the start of the season, uh, she got cut, and then the day of the of the first game of the season, she got added back to the roster, and so uh, she's been with the roster basically the whole season. Um, so that's uh, that's really cool to see that she stepped up. Azrae, I mean, eight points isn't isn't that that impressive considering our lack of front court depth or our lack of skill in the front court. And then uh, Jordan Canada was a real disappointment for me. 
only had only had eight points, so and four fouls too. So a relatively down game for her. So yeah, it's it's you it's usually been injuries for the Sparks as to why they haven't been doing well. Um, but they've shown this season that if their injury report cleans up heading into the playoffs, they can be a scary a scary team and an underdog uh team to uh, a good matchup. Yeah, I think there's good hopes about the Sparks because I can't remember who they last played, but I think they they won the last game that they just played. So I think they did manage to sink clinch back the eighth spot overall for the Sparks. So it looks like that the Sparks are going to be at least in the eighth spot, hopefully for the playoffs. So it's going to be one of those competitions where <laughs> I think it's going to be Aces versus Sparks, which then you do not really like the chances for the Sparks if it's versus the Aces overall. Yeah, so the last the last team they played was the Mystics, and then they play they have a really hard uh, hard schedule to finish up the season. So they play the Connecticut Sun. Um, they play the New York Liberty, um, both on the road. And no, actually, I take that back. They do not have any home games to uh to close out the season. So that was the game against the uh against the Sparks was their um or I'm sorry the game against the Mystics was their last uh home game. So they now play. Connecticut in uh in Connecticut, New York, and then they finish off in Seattle. And I'll tell you what, I'm going to that game in Seattle. That's gonna be oh man. I feel like the spark the uh the sparks are gonna be in a situation where you win to get in and you lose and you miss the playoffs. If that's against the storm, then that environment's gonna be even more electric. That's gonna feel like a playoff game for the storm. <laughs> Oh, totally. I mean, that would be really quite bittersweet moment, wouldn't it? Like, the Storm's the reason why the Sparks don't get in, because they need that last win to get in. That would just be bittersweet. Totally. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah, I've got the stats overall for, like, the overall scoring record for the season. So, obviously, we've got the record with Dan Taurasi at 6 at 6. We've got her with 860, so that's the score to beat. Jewel Lloyd is 852, so she only needs 8 points. I mean, Jewel Lloyd, 8 points. She's that close. I didn't realize she was that close. Yeah, she's that close. Asia Wilson's not far off behind the 846. And then wow. and then Stewie's one behind the 845. So in and of itself, it is absolutely just crazy for this season that we have three players all really at those high 800 and above sort of level. It's absolutely nuts. Yeah, I didn't realize... Um... Asia Wilson and Brianna Stewart were um were that high in scoring this year. I had to um I had to kind of do a double take and be like, oh wow, uh that's that's this year. I didn't realize that was this year. Wow, Jewel Lloyd's gonna be the all time uh leading scorer for a season after next game. That's insane. And uh, with that sentence, I just jinxed us. So um no, I, if if it's not, we play Atlanta next. If it's not against Atlanta, I would love it for it to be against Dallas, um, because that's that's one of the games where she kind of tur- turns it up 
uh, that in Chicago. Um, so that would be, and if she doesn't get get it against, uh, if she somehow doesn't get it against those two, again, I'm going to the game against the Sparks. That would be awesome to see her, uh, to see her get that mark against the Sparks. But uh, man, that's gonna be that's gonna be awesome. So what would you say? She's eight points away, so that means she's eight fifty two. Do you think she gets to nine nine hundred? Oh, I don't know. Oh, oh, that... I think she does. You think I so? Think she does. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. If she doesn't score, uh, if she scores lower than seventeen in the next three games, then then maybe she doesn't get there. But if she gets over seventeen points, then she's gonna get nine hundred points. That's nuts as well, and Asia and and Stewie's just right in the back of her as well. So I mean, that's the whole thing to for why the Aces and the Liberty should be playing for something right now is to get them up there in the points. But yeah, I mean, I don't really see a dragon on unless Noel Quinn does something absolutely ludicrous, like somehow banish. Jewel Lloyd for the next three games and she doesn't play whatsoever, which I don't see happening. I don't suddenly see that Noel Quinn just suddenly benching Jewel Lloyd. No way. So I just see no, her. If, if she does, uh, I'll. If she does, listen, there's, there hasn't been this whole season. Uh, I've been asked, like, is Noel Quinn on the, or Noel Quinn on the hot seat? And my answer's been no. Because I mean, you're ultimately given the cards that you're dealt with, and you got to do what you got to do the best with what you have, and that's the same same situation that Noah Quinn's uh, been dealing with. If she benches Jewel Lloyd for the rest of the season, or it's, it's, and she fall and she ends up falling short for that reason, I will lead the the march onto Seattle to. Get at Noel Quinn's head. That uh, <laughs> I I'll lead the march. I'll join me. I know a bunch of other fans are gonna be angry as well. I'll lead the march. I'll do it. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's worth storming the the um climate pledge arena if that happens and and demand that we get a new head coach. But I don't see it happening. I see Noel Quinn basically running it how she's been running it. So far, with you know, we've got Jordan, we've got Dulcie, and then we've got Jewel, and then every my mind goes blank. Then we've got Sammy and Ezzy. So, really, I didn't really see that changing as a starting lineup for the subsequent game. So, I pretty much see it. It's got to happen, it's got to happen more or less versus the dream, unless somehow everything goes completely awry and it just goes completely just messed up and then probably it'll happen versus the wings so definitely but the thing is don't you think the WNBA should be making a big deal of it shouldn't there have been like a countdown clock because I remember when LeBron James was close to getting to the overall things they made a really big deal of it like with the whole this is the minor points and getting shown up on the big screens and everybody getting really close to it I mean shouldn't the WNBA making much bigger deal of this because it's huge. Yeah, it's it's big. It's a really big deal. But like, I think you got to look at those two situations. For LeBron James, it was the all-time leading scorer in NBA history throughout an entire career, and that's that's huge, and that's a really 
the real mark for LeBron to to get to. And they, I mean, the media always goes crazy for uh for those kinds of things. So I think it's more the the media and their interpretation. And for for Jewel, for Jewel, it's a matter of um this is only in a season and I get it. The name or you pass the name Diana Taurasi. Like, yeah, that's, that's meaningful, but uh, it's ultimately through a season. And honestly, it could happen next year. Like it, it, as soon as Jewelloid breaks the record, um, it could happen again next year by someone or maybe Jewelloid again. Um, but um that's that's kind of how I see it. So, a bigger deal, yeah. I think people should make it um, a bigger deal. Like this is awesome for her to. Um, this is the only thing that Seattle has to to hold on to at this point. And um, so it's it's really cool to see uh, Joe Lloyd do this type or be able to do this type of thing. Um, and it just shows how awesome she is. But. I totally understand. I mean, it's it's different scenarios, really. Okay, okay. Well, I'm going to put you on the seat now. Like, so, Jill Lloyd does what we exactly want her to do. She comes back and she plays for the Storm again. Hooray. Do you not think that Jill Lloyd's going to break her own record that she's going to set again? I think that's a possibility. I mean, if anyone else is... I mean, okay. I was going to say, if anyone else is going to do it, then Jill... Than Jewel will, but that's that's wrong because you gotta uh you gotta also account for Stewie in Asia. Uh so I mean yeah, Jewel Jewel could totally do that. I mean if she's if she's gonna set her own record, uh she could be she could come back next year and, and break it. That just shows how awesome of a of a score she is. And she's had bad games throughout the season that she that she uh could want to take back and uh you know so if she if she had uh better individual games than than some of the games that she's just been bad in then yeah she could she could break it again the uh I did have a question about um about Asia Asia and Stewie uh, it's it's a one point difference. Yeah, so going back to the scores again, if I could just get them up on my phone. So yeah. current currently Asia's at eight hundred and forty six, and Stewie's at eight hundred and forty five. Okay, so I feel like I could be totally wrong. I feel like Asia or the the Aces are going to sit the starters for they have two games left in this in this season. They have two games left. I feel like Asia is going to sit one of those one of those two games. It could be probably could be the last one. And the and the Liberty have three games left. Um, they play on Tuesday, they play on uh, on Thursday, and they play on Sunday. I don't think they are going to sit their starters, the Liberty, because of um, because they're playing against playoff teams essentially. Um, they're playing the the Wings, the Sparks, and the Mystics. So I don't think they're going to be playing, uh, or they're going to be sitting their starters except uh, Sabrina. 
um, who will hopefully get back healthy. Um, the Aces have a cakewalk. They have the Mercury. That's it. That's all they have. It's two games against the Mercury. So they could definitely set uh, the starters for for those two games. And this is, this is actually really sad. They could sit their starters and still probably win this win both games. Yeah. Yeah, that's the really sad thing. If they just played the bench, it would be probably still a blowout. Yeah. But does that show how good the Aces are, or does that show how bad the Mercury is? That shows you how bad the Mercury is right now. They're in a world of pain. <laughs> oh, man. It's the yeah. one. It's the one bittersweet thing we have gone for as a Storm fans is at least we can say we're not Mercury fans right now. Well, that and then how good Jules doing? Yeah, that's all we have. Yeah, totally. So yeah, yeah. let's get into the game. Then the one that was no surprise whatsoever versus the Aces, a hundred and three to the Aces to ouch, seventy seven for the Storm. Really, it wasn't that much of a game overall. The Aces took the lead, and pretty much like the rest of the season, we just couldn't catch up to that lead. However, what was really great in the game is Joel Lloyd being Joel Lloyd again. Double-double, 28 points, 10 rebounds, 3 assists, 1 steal. Sammy with 14 points, 4 rebounds, 4 assists, 1 block. And Ezzy with 12 points, 4 rebounds, 3 assists. So overall, Joel at least had a great game that game. This is the most I'm going to disagree with you on this. On this, it was a great game. It was a great competitive game between the Storm and the Aces for three quarters. Because looking at looking at uh, the box score, it was a six point game. We were down by six, and then. We tied in the second quarter, so it's still a six-point game. And then it got to an eight-point game. This is this is okay for any team to be down by eight points. This is amazing to be down by eight points, as bad as the Storm have been, against a team like the Aces, who have been amazing. And then the, the quarter that took us out was the fourth quarter, where we only scored ten points. Like, we could not make a shot to save our lives. And on the other side, the Aces could. They scored 28 points. They scored their uh, quarter high for the game. So, between, uh, if you take into account the first three quarters, oh, it was a great game. The fact that it didn't, uh, or the fact that it wasn't a double-digit game before the fourth quarter is is awesome. Is that's great to see, but then you put you factor in that fourth quarter. That's where this there's uh this blowout shows the most evidence um because of that fourth quarter. So if you're if you're wrong if you're calling it a straight blowout like they just ran the floor with us and it was not competitive at all, that's wrong. But if you're saying if you're looking at this score and being like. Man, they got killed. Yeah, you're right. They got killed in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I think it's it's starting to be a big problem for the Storm, is that we have just these points in which everything just becomes really stagnant and just, just nothing happens, and we can't score a bucket to save our lives. It's happened before. I can't remember what game it was, if it was versus the Sky or somebody Chicago. else. 
Chicago. Yeah. I was there. I was, yeah. Yeah, Chicago. Yeah, that's what I was going to bring up was this season, we've just been very bad in the second half. Like, I don't – like, we start off on – we can start off on fire in the first half and be like – like, at times that I was there, I'm just like, wow, this is this is great to see. Like, this is this is a team that's fighting hard and they're, they're making their shots. Like, this is really cool. And then we just fall flat on our face in the uh, in the fourth quarter. Or, I'm sorry, in the, in the second half. Yeah, yeah. I think, though, I mean, it, it was a competitive game up until a point. But, really, given the fact that it was the Aces, you never really felt like they were in danger at any given point. It was never really like, oh my god, here come the storm sort of thing. It was never like, oh my god, the storm is suddenly going to just take over and kick the Aces' butt. It was always like that sense of, okay, here come the storm, but the aces take their foot off the gas a little bit. Okay, but then the aces get serious again, and then there goes the game again, and the aces just take back over. So it's just really one of those things. It's like what you were saying last episode, you know, it's just that whole playing with your food too much at times. It's <laughs> If the aces just came out and just dominated from the get-go, then it wouldn't have been quite as competitive as what it would have been. But I don't think really the aces were in any great sense of jeopardy throughout the the overall game for that one yeah i'd I'd say um i'd say they the analysts and everybody or uh keeping track of that game kind of perked their ears up a little bit when at halftime when it was a six point game i i look at that and be like oh my gosh the storm are being really competitive and you know they're staying with the aces and that shows um a lot of a lot of people this this year have said the storm are not as bad as their record says, and I agree they're not they're not uh, an eleven and twenty six team. I think they're um, I think they're just slightly slightly better, but they're not they're not that bad. Um, but um, I think that's a big example is that they're able they're not they're a rebuilding team, but they're not scared to go against. Uh, uh, the juggernaut teams or the teams like the aces. So that's that was my kind of takeaway from uh, from the first three quarters. You you've gone over the stats uh, already, right? Yeah, yeah. So stats wise, I'll just go back through the, just the overall points wise quickly. So Jewel double double, twenty eight points, ten rebounds. Yeah. Sammy, that's what I was gonna say. That's Joel. what I was gonna say. Jewel Jewel's double double in rebounds. Yeah, that is surprising for Jewel at least to get double double and rebounds, definitely. Yeah, okay, sorry, keep going. That's that's what I was gonna what I was gonna say. No, I was gonna let's move on to the next games. So overall we've got only three games left for the season so far. So how sad is that? We've oh, only got so three. I well, know it, it it makes matters worse that you know when your last game's gonna be. I like, know, uh, but you're gonna be there though. That's the difference. I oh, I know, and dry. Uh, I don't know if a dry eye is gonna be in the house that night. Oh my god! <laughs> it's. I mean, listen, we've gone through our struggles this year, and we've kind of known what we're heading into this season. But no matter how good or bad we are, this team is just so fun to watch, and especially when you when you get us fortunate to 
talk with some of these players and meet them. They're all just so nice. And they, they're they a great team to watch, and they're a fun team to root for. Um, something that um, I can't remember who – someone in the media asked uh, asked Kia Nurse um, why they are so upbeat and so positive despite uh, not, not being good. Um, this was, like, early in the season, and there's just – or she just answers like, "That's not the mood around this team. Like we're, we're, we're a fun team. Where we got all, we got all positive outlooks, and you know that's just not who they are. And and that's just such a cool thing to to know. Like that's our favorite team that we uh, that we get to watch and we get to root for. So." Even though the year has not gone the way we had, the way we thought, um, or the way we wanted, it's still very fun to watch, uh, this team, uh, no matter how, uh, good or bad they are. Yeah, it's been a really good vibes team overall. We could say that the vibes have been great for the team overall, and like what you said, you just see overall everybody's just great interaction great people and really just have just that whole athletic competitive mindset they're great at just competitors every night so like regardless if you're versing the aces or you're versing somebody like the mercury it's you're gonna go out there and give it your all to win so i mean that's one of the best things that i've seen at the storm this season so far is what well, i'll say so far it's at the end <laughs> You could say, you know, they're great competitors. They're a great team overall, which is going to make it really weird next year when we come in to do the whole, well, where is everybody going to end up? Are we going to trade some people away? Are we going to move people out? How are we even going to look? It's going to probably look different. But overall for this year, we could just say, yeah, it's been a really great competitive team and a really just overall fun team to watch. Yeah, I hope I hope we don't change too much because, I mean... This this is a fun. I mean, I know we need to get better, but um, this it there's just so many cool people on this um on this team. Um, I will uh I will give a shout out to someone who doesn't uh get that many minutes. It depends on the game, but um, Yvonne Turner, like she she signed here as a as a veteran and uh and she's been a really big really big help to the to the rookies um and she she's gotten a lot of dnp cds which is uh uh did not play because of coach's decision essentially coach didn't have any minutes for her she is so nice and so positive and whether it's around the team at a practice or at a game she's always taking the time to interact with fans and you know take pictures sign autographs and she's always upbeat and always positive and my my favorite um my favorite uh thing from her uh the game i went to against chicago um she came up to me and a friend of mine and said uh hey cheer cheer loud for us tonight like make sure to cheer loud for us and i was like wow that's that's awesome that's so cool and then um, later after the game, she uh, she was in her in her car about to leave, 
and she asked uh, a group of fans, including me, she was like, is, is anybody uh, going to the going to the next game against L.A.? And we were all like, oh, yeah, we're all going. And she goes, all right, well, you got to cheer louder next time. And I'm just like, wow, she's so positive despite being a player that's not necessarily playing a lot of minutes, but she's having a really big impact on this franchise. Yeah, Vaughn's been just really lovely when she's came in. She's did had it's been really in the last few games that we've seen much more of Vaughn coming in because she's taken over a bit of um Jade Melbourne minutes. So Jade Melbourne minutes have been sort of dwindling in the last few games, and then Vaughn's been coming in and taking some of her summer Jade's minutes. And so we've had this weird thing going on with the point guard position of who's coming in and taking those extra minutes. But overall, yeah, I mean, just Yvonne just seems lovely overall for your interaction with her. And it's just like the whole team's like that. Yeah, I mean, it kind of, it kind of bothers me that Jade's not playing that much because I want to see Jade play as, as much as possible. I, I love watching Jade play. Um, but, I mean, the the minutes for... uh the minutes for point guard's been been weird all season, right? Because you're trying to you're trying to uh, find the. I mean, not I, I don't want to say replace Sue Bird, but you're trying your best to to fill her role or to um to fill her yeah fill her role is what I'll what I'll go with because I can't find a a better phrase right now. But um, it's I mean, and that's not an easy task like. That that wouldn't be an easy task for anybody. So it's been it, it's been an experiment that um that we just can't seem to figure out to to get right. And it it's been a factor in all our all our stats this year. Like we we didn't or we we turned the ball over a lot, and that's been um a big issue because there that you just wave up your hands and say, well, we don't have Subert. And she had uh, one of the best assist to turnover ratios in uh, the WNBA history. Never mind last year in the playoffs, she had like 20 something assists, close to 30 in one turnover. So, I mean, replacing Sue Bird is probably the hardest task that you can find. Um, and that's, I mean, again, you're dealt with the cards that you're given. Or you're dealt the cards that you're given, and you got to do what's best um, with what you have. So that's what Seattle was was dealt with. Seattle, or I'm sorry, Sue Bird uh, retired, um, and Seattle was like, "All right, we gotta we gotta move on." And I mean, it's hard. It's e- way easier said than done. Oh, totally. I think that's the also part of this season's been the Sue Bird shaped hole, really. And just Noel Quinn trying to fix the Sue Bird shaped hole. But ultimately, nobody's really managed to ever replace Sue. Because, like, how can you replace Sue? You can't. Because she's one of the absolute legends of the best of the best players that's ever you know, played women's basketball before. So it's really one of those things that I think it's a lingering question for next season, really, is can we get an established point guard or at least a rookie point guard that's going to be that nice, um, well, I was going to say anchor, 
but really something like an anchor anyway that pivot point for us to just make sure and just run the whole thing because it really just would help us as a whole starting with the turnovers you know we would just be able to have so much less turnovers and also for trying to alleviate some of the stagnant problems as well if you have the point guard one in the show then you're gonna have the whole you know nothing happening let's try to make a play happen and then everything just sort of fizzles out so hopefully like leading into next season we could hopefully either draft someone that's going to be a good point guard for us or at least um trade for somebody hopefully or do you think we just need to just invest in the rookies more we need more jade melbourne time she is the future i mean if 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 i'm not gonna say it you are then uh no um um i mean you could you could be right and on the on the drafting front, like it depends on where we where we go or where we end up in the draft. We're gonna end up top four, and I think we'll end up ultimately. I think we'll end up number three. Um, I think Indiana is gonna end up being number one. Um, so Caitlin Clark is out of the picture, and um, yeah, so Caitlin Clark, and then uh, it depends on if uh, Paige Becker's uh declares this year or she uses her COVID year um since she was hurt last year. Um I I'm I'm fifty fifty on that. I don't know what she's gonna do. Um but I'm fine either way. Uh people think that people think that um Paige is gonna use her COVID year and enter the draft next year, so twenty twenty five, which I think if you're the storm, I think that's what you want because you can kind of kill two birds with one stone. I like Cameron Brink this year. I like um, her. I mean, the potential of uh, if you watched Cameron Brink play on the defensive side, the potential that her and Eddie have as a front court is just out outstanding. And I would love for that. I would love to see that. So I like Cameron Brink this year. And then if where let's say we're as bad as uh we're let's say we're a draft lottery team. Let's say we're a bottom four team again uh in twenty twenty five. That means we get a top four pick and we get the chance at Paige Beckers uh the next the next year and that's our point guard. So it could happen, but that's how it could happen through the draft. I mean that's uh, that's the best option for us, I think, besides I want to see the step forward that Jade takes next year. Um, I want to see the minutes given to her. I want to see the opportunity given given to her. Um, I think Sammy has kind of or uh, kind of been given that point guard role for the season. And I mean, she's played she's played great um, ever since uh, she got that starting job back from from Ivana. She she's played great and she's played kind of serviceable for us this season. Um, but I do I do want to see uh, Jade kind of um, kind of be given more opportunity next season. Yeah, hopefully we see more Jade. That would be lovely. Just some more Jade minutes would be lovely, and hopefully 
we get well it's one of those things for the end of the season it's kind of like what's happening because suddenly we've got no minutes for Yvonne and now we've got suddenly minutes for Yvonne so who knows what Noel Quinn's thinking at this point because still everything's up in flux so who knows how we're going to end off the thing so hopefully next season we get Jade and we get more of Jade hopefully but if you had to choose between for if say Paige declares this upcoming year and she doesn't use that off uh, year would you take Paige over Cameron Brink you have to make me choose oh I'll say this I think the Storm should do the exact same thing that they did last year they pick the best player available at their pick because I think between those two Paige is the better it's a better player but Cameron brings the better system fit for us. And she, I mean, I think we need more front court than we do, uh, than we do guard. So I would take Cameron Brink for the system fit alone. And I mean, like I said, the development, um, as she develops, she's going to be, um, uh, such a great defensive player. And as and, uh, and Brink are going to be an awesome front court. But Paige is the better player. So let's say we get the number two pick. Because that's what... If if Paige declares this year, they're going one and two. Caitlin Clark and Paige are going, are going one and two. So let's say we get the number two pick. We're on the clock. Caitlin Clark just got taken. Um, I think we go with the best player available, which is Paige. So that's what I think we we do at that selection, um, and that's what I think we should do is take the net the best player available, which is what we did last year when we selected Jordan, and she's arguably the be- the uh, steal of the draft. Yeah, as we've praised Jordan lots of times at this point, but how we love Jordan Horston. And like what you said, you know, Jordan has just been absolutely phenomenal, as we've said many times, all rookie team Jordan. And yeah, I mean, the one thing about me, though, is unfortunately I have not watched very much um, college basketball, so I don't know what um, the game of Cameron Brink is like. But obviously, I've seen the sort of highlights and so forth on social media. And I know that she's recently did the three versus three um, for American team, which was amazing. So she was like the whole one of the big reasons for why the women's team just won overall for that as well. As well as you got Haley Van Lith there who was kicking some butt. So you got just a fantastic three versus three team and Cameron Brink being awesome on that. Only on page, I've only watched the um game last year when it was UConn versus South Carolina so I don't have that much um Paige Beckett experience but I do know that she's been very good <laughs> but unfortunately she has that like Gabby Williams just unfortunate series of events happened to her and she's been you know in the injury thing for now but hopefully this season is her comeback season and she goes out there and kicks some butt so it looks like it's going to happen for UConn this year and it'll be interesting to see where they end up definitely yeah the thing the thing that i wanted to say about about page um actually i'll i'll uh i'll speak on um cameron first um she i watched her play in person um when stanford came to wsu my school to uh 
to play uh to play us. It's a situation where uh Haley Jones, the point guard there, um that it brought it up to the three point line, saw Cameron posting up against someone, and she's tall enough to where once she gets the ball in the post, you're you're done. Like she's she's good enough to to go to work in the post. Um and all you gotta do or like all you gotta gotta hope for is you gotta double her and then hope you uh hope uh get a hope and a prayer up. Uh, that's how you stop her on the offensive end. Oh, if you got the right in the front in the front court, you can you can stop her on the offensive end. But on the defensive end, they play zone because Cameron Brink is so defensively. Like she's she's in the middle of that zone, um, in that uh two three zone. She's in the middle of that, and she's just so good at rotating. When uh, she's so good at rotating uh on the defensive end and she's gonna there's a reason why she averages close to like three or four blocks a game maybe depends on the game but there there's a reason for that and I mean she's just so she could be one of the best uh two-way players in the in the league once she gets there it depends on how a team uses her but she has that potential so um I mean I'm just talking about like Cameron Brink, and then we factor in the the fact that Eddie could be so good uh, of a two way player, and it, it it just could be so fun to watch if you're a Storm fan. Um, if she does end up in Seattle, for Paige, the thing that I've seen on her is, um, I mean, last year or two years ago, she um she suffered a uh, a broken um broken leg or broken ankle, something something like that. She was seriously injured, um, and she missed most of the season. And she came back in the uh, the Elite Eight or the Final Four of that tournament, and she played the rest of the tournament. And then she tore her ACL uh, the in the off season, so she had to miss last year. Other than that, she's been relatively relatively healthy. And people are saying like that they would avoid Paige in the draft because of her injury concerns. And there's a difference. Um, there's a between injury like an injury riddled career and just unlucky and for Paige I think it's been she's just been unlucky and you know guards guards typically get hurt more than more than uh bigs so if there it's not out of the realm ability that that Paige has injury trouble whether it's this year or during her professional career. But I just think she's gotten, gotten unlucky, and I would evaluate her purely as a prospect, not taking injuries into account. And if you do that, she is as great a pro player, like, she's as great a pro prospect as Caitlin Clark is. Oh, wow, you think so? Well, here's the thing. You look at Caitlin Clark. I said this. Um, I said this actually her sophomore year. Uh, Caitlin's sophomore year. I watched her play in her sophomore year, and I said, "That's a pro player playing on a on a college team." And you could make the argument, um, for Paige Beckers. You take injuries. Um, you take. I. I. It's funny. I have the same. Uh, the same argument. Uh, for for Kyrie Irving. 
You take away all the all the extracurricular stuff about Kyrie, he's a top three point guard in the in the NBA. Same thing for Paige. You take away all the injuries uh, for Paige, all the all the stuff that she's been been through. She's a top. She's a top uh, prospect. Um, she's a top prospect for sure. She's a top pro ready. You look at her and you say she can be pro ready. Yeah, they both sound lovely. Just only a hope. Wouldn't it be just incredible if somehow we ended up either just with one or both of them? That would be amazing. I don't think both is going to happen, but at least there's a pipe dream in there somewhere for at least to end up with one of them, right? I mean, you never know. You never know. Um, yeah, that would be that would be awesome. It, listen, we're in a situation where we get the fourth pick in a draft class that, I mean, I've been waiting for this draft class for, for two years at least. Like, I've been looking forward to this draft class. So you look at this full list of uh, draft prospects, that's the other thing is I want to look at the, the full list of everybody declaring after the end of the uh, – after the end of the upcoming college season. Um, if you look at the whole list of potential prospects and you look at where the storm are at, there's not a bad pick. There's there's not. There's not a pick where you're like, oh man, I wish I wish we could or I I wish we could have gotten this player, but more rather like there's not there's not a situation where you're like, damn, this player's gonna be a bust and they have just no future with this team, and we could have taken uh, this this player. Like, there's no situation uh, where that happens. Now, the other thing is, it's such a stacked class, and we both know the way or the uh, the few roster spots in this league. Where if there's not an expansion of roster spots next year, a lot of good players are going to get cut. Like you thought, like last year was. Like you thought this this past year, a lot of good uh good rookies got cut. If you didn't make the top ten last year in picks, you're getting cut. You're most likely uh gonna get cut. So you take that into account, and then you factor in this amazing draft class that's gonna that's gonna come in. A lot of good players are gonna get cut before the start of the season. Yeah, I mean, that's the one thing that sucks, ultimately, is that you have all these absolutely incredible people who come in and are just absolutely just top athletes at the top of their game, pinnacles, and you just want there to be something there for them to go into, like the teams. And so that's why we need the expansion just so, so badly for the WNBA, just to allow for all the other teams just to... Well, not all the other teams, but just to have more teams so we just got more players so we get to see great basketball. It's really something as simple as that. Just more teams equals better overall watching and everything like that. Right. And 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 I think it's um I think it's more uh extra roster spots first. Um I think the uh the league as a whole has has prioritized um uh roster spots uh or getting more roster spots than um or higher than expansion which um which isn't i mean it's not necessarily that bad of a that bad of a you gotta you gotta first i would prioritize uh charter uh charter flights um it's it's a situation where 
big names in the college world are going to get cut, and that's a bad look for the league if if you're cutting, um, if you're moving from one one stage to the other in terms of fandom. Um, if you're looking at uh, at Caitlin Clark and you're gonna fall, or uh, yeah, Angel Angel Rich or Caitlin Clark, you could go either one. If you're looking at them, you're following them their entire career, and you're gonna say, hey. I want to follow their professional career. I want to see how they're doing uh, on a WNBA team. And they're not on one because they, they couldn't make it because there's just so few roster spots. So it's a bad look for the league if you don't expand your roster spots. And they, the this incredible draft class has to, stuff, has to suffer for it. Yeah, basically, we, there's a lot of problems, isn't there? That's the main thing, is that the WNBA has got a lot of problems. We need more roster spots. We need more teams. Needs to be charter flights, especially charter flights, just to get people from point A to point B without all the amount of absolute agony that you see on social media at times where the teams having to go through, like, so much pain and suffering just to try and get to the wherever they're going to for the next city. So it's just like, just do the right thing. Put the rosters, more spots for more players. Get the expansion going. Get more teams in the go. Get the charter flights on the go. And as well as just all the other things. Get all the good stuff coming in. Because that only could just benefit everybody. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, Let's quickly go over the next set of games then. So we've not covered, well, we've talked about them, but we've not talked about them much in depth. But we don't have to talk about it too much in depth. So our next games are versus the Dream, versus the Wings, and then versus the Sparks is the one that you're going to. So what do we think versus Dream, Wings, and Sparks? Are we going to win each game? Well, I don't know about winning. I don't know about winning each game. We could beat the, uh, beat the dream they're they're a beatable team but i think we're gonna see a record broken on on wednesday i think i think we're gonna see it done on wednesday ah that'd be so awesome to to see it just be done right away and you know um just have this big celebration for for jewel and you know that uh that'd be so cool um so yeah we got our game against against the dream um i think that will be a um i think that'll be a win i think we'll bounce back and i think we'll we'll get a win and uh and we'll get we'll get 12 wins on the season i think i think dallas is going to be a loss but i think it's going to be a close game i hope it's not like the last time we played we played dallas we just got ran out of the out of the game so i think um i think that'll be a great game um but i i think we're gonna we're gonna lose and then by god if we do not win that game against the sparks oh man i will be very upset and it'll be i think i think that's gonna talk um we'll talk next week about about this game but um i think that's gonna be a game where the sparks are in a situation where they they have to win to get in and if they lose, they they get eliminated, and those are always fun to go to. Oh, totally! Yeah, I'm pretty much in agreement. I like the matchup versus the Dream. I think it's going to be a good competitive matchup. Of course, you know Shane Parker is going to be a problem for us. 
Ryan Howard's going to be a problem, you know, but ultimately I think we've got a chance in with that one. Dallas, like we were saying, you know, Dallas has been playing really well recently. The last game, you know, I hated versing the wings last game. They absolutely just obliterated us in the paint. Hopefully they saw some sort of post game happening to try and stop Dallas from doing that again next time. Cause all what they did was just high to low, just, the uh, Satu Sabali to Natasha Howard, just one to the other, and it's just oh, you just throw up your hands and you just say no more, no more, and it's just horrible. But of course, Arike can go off at any minute. Satu Sabali's kicking, but you know they've got their weapons. So ultimately, versus Dallas is going to be more than likely at least. Jules going to put on a good show as per usual. But overall, it should be probably a loss. I agree for that for Dallas. But like you said, we're, I'm looking forward to this now. You've really hyped me up for this game versus the Sparks. Because I want this to be, I want this to be the game for we're the reason why the Sparks ultimately didn't make the playoffs in the first place. This this game against the Sparks is gonna be it's gonna be awesome. Um you spoke about it uh, earlier, but um, but Sasu Sabli, um, I think she could win comeback player. Or, I'm sorry, I keep saying the same thing wrong. Um, most improved. Um, I think she could win most improved player of the year, and I think um, she. I mean, she's just so so fun to watch. She's become one of my favorite. Uh, one of my favorite players to watch outside of my favorite team. Um, so she's just, I mean, she's um, amazing. She's the true definition of a, uh, a unicorn. And um, I mean, yeah, she's just so fun. So fun to watch. Um, and yeah, dealing, dealing with, um, with a team like Dallas, you got, uh, you got Satu to worry about. You got uh, their, po- their post game worry about and then once you think you've sealed that you got to deal with Arike so I mean it's they're they're set up to be a really good team but they definitely have flaws otherwise they wouldn't have uh lost to a team like Seattle earlier in the like early in the season I mean to beat them you just gotta kind of outshoot them and um not force them to to play out of their mind defensively so that's, I mean, that's the way that you beat Dallas in Seattle's case. Um, and really any team that we've beaten this year, we've just kind of outshot them. So, um, yeah, we could also be playing, I mean, this this uh, this playoff race is so close, I'm looking at it right now. We could also play spoiler to, um, to Atlanta, um, who is not quite clinched the playoffs, but they're like right there. Um, and there's enough games in the season where they could miss, they could miss the playoffs. And then uh, it sucks that we don't have Washington on our schedule because we could play spoiler to them too. So it's a lot of potential uh, plays where Seattle could uh, could have a little have a little fun with this playoff picture. Yeah, hopefully we're gonna be a thorn in the side. Basically, we're gonna be the pain in the butt. 
we're going to be that team, you know, like what we were saying, you know, the Storm are always going to go out there and be competitive. We know they're not going to tank. So ultimately, we're going to see a great set of few games, the next set of games. And like, even though we're being a bit of Debbie Downers on the Dallas game, I still think it's going to be really competitive. And, you know, there's always that chance that the Storm can surprise both of us next time that we come around and say, wow, weren't you surprised by how well the Storm played against Dallas? And we're just, just like gobsmacked to be like, wow, yeah. So totally, I think that we're going to see a great set of games. And you've really hyped me up for this game versus the Sparks now. I can't wait to see. <laughs> I can't wait to see when um when we got rest of the sparks, especially if we're we're the reason why the sparks don't make it. That'd be great. That'd be great for storm fans. That'd be great for viewership fans because that that would just be a, an awesome situation to uh you know for the media to kind of eat up. But boy, that would be horrible for for sparks fans. But oh boy, would that be awesome for Chicago fans? Because that's who would ultimately get in. Chicago fans are gonna love us if we if we have event or essentially like beat LA in a winner winner go home game for them. So that would just be I mean, that would be awesome. Yeah, it's I mean, we got three games left in the season. Let's see what we what we do the rest of the season, but um it's it's just sad that this season's coming to an end and it's gone by so fast. Yeah, I mean that's really it. I only feel like it just started not that long ago. It's just one of those things. You just start to get into it, and then before you know it, the whole thing's done, and then you just then you have to wait a whole nother freaking year. And so that wraps up our discussion with Brendan, talking about the Gaines versus the Sparks and the Aces. Coming at you again next week with the Gaines versus the Dream, Wings and Sparks again. In the meantime, feel free to drop me an email at the address, seattlestormpodcast at gmail.com with any questions. Also, feel free to follow me on Twitter at the address at seattlestormpod. And I will see everyone next week.